Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Obicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. Having a system in place to deal with surplus or orphan lambs or pet lambs is a must on many farms at this time of the year. We discussed this in a bit more detail during this episode with Michael Gostin, the head of sheep in Jogosk. Michael outlines the various options for artificially rare lambs, indicating the pros and cons of each and some of the pitfalls that you might want to avoid. We discussed the process of getting lambs started off in these feeders, batching them according to age and monitoring overall group size. As are high cost systems, Michael outlines the need to monitor overall intake and takes us through the weaning process, emphasising why it's important in keeping costs in these systems down. We discussed the introduction of concentrate, provision of a fibre source and the importance of fresh water in these systems. When we finish up the episode, discussing the importance of hygiene throughout the rearing phase and they need to identify poor performers and why, in certain cases, they may need to be managed separately. We start off, however, with Michael indicating why you need to have a system in place at this time of year to deal with those type of lambs. Regardless of what your litter size is, you know, virtually every sheep farm out there will end up with, with, with some pet lambs or orphan lambs, just simply by virtue of the fact that a, a yo dies or a yo lamb's down with no milk or, you know, yo has a triplet and there isn't a a yo to foster the lamb on and you know what we see you know on very prolific flocks where, where people have very high litter sizes okay they, they will have lots of pet or orphan lambs and and i suppose um you know probably a, a very good system for dealing with them you know and that is the reality of michael like you need a system there to deal with them it, it's more of an issue for farms that don't have a system set up to handle them extra lambs yeah, Kieran. So look at if you don't have a system set up, um, generally what you see is the lamb performance is very poor, the labour input is very high, and and mortality can be quite high as well. So you know, regardless of whether you have five pet lambs or fifty pet lambs um, or five hundred pet lambs, you need to have a system to deal with them. And there there are lots of systems there, from the very very simple to the very very elaborate in order to deal with them. And I suppose the system that you opt for uh, depends on the numbers of, of, of these little lambs that you're going to have on your farm. Just briefly, Michael, you might outline them different systems of what's available, what you commonly see on farms. Yeah, so I suppose the most common one that we see and the reason why lots of people might say, gee, I hate pet lambs, um, is the bottle. Um, and the bottle, a simple bottle with a nipple is very high labor input. Um, cheap to buy, but takes an awful lot of time, uses very little milk powder, usually somewhere around 9 or 10 kilograms of milk powder to get a lamb to weaning. Um, very poor performance in the lambs, usually end up with kind of, you know, poor performance, pot belly type lambs and very high levels of mortality. So we start losing lambs really once they can hit five or six weeks of age, usually with bloat um, on that system. There is a kind of a, you know, for people who have a number of them, you can get buckets with teats on them. Um, where you just basically heat the milk and put it in again, uh, low, relatively low cost. You'd buy them buckets for, you know, 30, 40 euros um, with, you know, either three or six teats on them. Um, you have to go and literally warm up the milk uh, four times a day or three times a day and, um, and put it into them. Again, relatively low performance, high risk of bloat as the lambs get older. Um, you know, and very, very high labor input because you're you're basically, you know, having to literally go out to the lambs, you know, multiple times per day. Um, but it's a cheap and cheerful system and, and, and probably a system that's handy for people who have 
small numbers, very, very small numbers of pet lambs. So that's the, the bucket with the nipples on it or the bottle. But as you said there, Michael, it's, it's a high risk one. It's also probably the highest labour input one that's in it. So it's really only a quick fix or for very small numbers. For flocks that have a bit, uh, will have more pets, what's the next upgrade from that system? Yeah, look at it. And I think the next one is the one that we're probably recommending to most people. Um, and it, it's one of these feeders with a little element in it. So this is basically, there's lots of different ones out on the, on the market there made by different people. Um, it's basically a bucket with an element in it um, and it keeps the milk warm. So what you do is you, you, you fill it up morning or evening. Um, it has either nipples attached to, to it um, or it has a little tube with an on-return valve that, so you can keep the bucket outside of the pen or the, the, the container outside of the pen and, and bring the tubes to the pen. Um, I'd be in favour of the one with the, with the tubes because I think you know you can operate different systems if you have tubes by varying the length of the tubes you can cool the milk down before it gets to the older lambs and things like that. Those are systems that generally cost around kind of 250 maybe to 400 euros. So they're 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 um, a, basically a container with a heat element in it. You mix the milk, um, pour it into it. It keeps it warm and the lambs can suckle ad lib. And with those systems, we'd generally be looking at somewhere around 12, 13 kilograms of milk um, replacer. So about 33, 34, 35 euros um, ballpark on milk. If we if we can stick to the kind of guidelines of feeding for five weeks, Kieran. Um, lo- relatively low labor input. So you fill it morning, fill it evening. Um, for small flocks with small numbers, then you might only have to fill it once a day. Um, clean it out, uh, just rinse it out um, uh, once a day and, and fill it up again. I suppose the labour associated with it is in the cleaning um, and in terms of you have to mix up the milk, you know. But those are cheap, relatively cheap, low labour input, high performance um, from them, very little risk of lambs getting bloat if we get the temperature settings right, if we start reducing temperature as lambs get older and put them on cold milk from about three weeks of age, very rare that you'd see lambs getting bloat on that system. Um, so I'd be saying that's really the system that most people who are in the kind of bracket of, you know, from five lambs upwards to maybe 60, 70 lambs will be operating, you know, those kind of feeders or maybe, you know, a number of those kind of feeders uh, working quite well, working quite well. And if you mind them feeders, they last for years and years and years and you can get spare parts for them off most of the manufacturers. So if an element goes or a, a timer switch or anything like that, um, you uh, are uh, sorry, a, a temper um, thermostat goes in them, you can get in, in a new part like, you know, you, you really only out a few consumables every year. And look, it's a system that gives a lot more flexibility for the vast majority of farmers out there. I suppose, Michael, just to take it to the very upper end of that scale, for flocks to be dealing with very large numbers every year, um, the automated yeah. versions of them. Yeah, so then we have the automated versions, um, Kieran, and they're, they're, you know, you're talking about in the thousands, really, I'd say, kind of probably from 1700 up to however high you want to go. These are automated, they're plumbed in to the water supply, uh, have an electric supply as well, obviously, and basically they mix the milk as the lambs are drinking it. So they, it's, it's you know, really automated feeding. Um, I would say probably, you know, 
80, 90, 100 lambs up. You know, we have members in the Better Farm program operating, you know, the, the, the middle of the road ones of these, you know, the cheaper feeders um, with 70, 80 lambs, no bother at all, you know, two or three feeders, one with warm milk, one with medium milk and, and then a barrel with just cold milk inside it and it's working fine. But I'd say once you're probably going over 70, 80 lambs, you know, up into the hundreds, you're probably talking about the more elaborate kind of automated feeders that you're talking about there, Kieran, yeah. And look at, in terms of them, uh, you know, very high levels of performance, um, great control in terms of milk, um, milk temperature and stuff like that. So again, we're seeing good levels of animal performance, maybe a little bit more uh, milk replacer being used, um, about a kilo more maybe, but also, I, I suppose, um, very low levels of digestive upsets and lamb mortality. You know, So what you'd see on these systems when they're run right is that the number of lambs that go in, um, by and large, the vast, vast majority of those lambs come back out again at the end, uh, weaned lambs, you know, thriving well. So, you know, they're, they're very good at keeping lambs alive, avoiding all those problems that we see with the bottles and the, 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 the bucket feeding, you know. And so just like for the, for the middle of the road version, probably the best investment there, Michael, is a constant supply of hot water or some means of providing a regular supply, but just to speed the process up for you. Yeah, yeah. So I think up to about 20, 20 25 lambs, you'll probably get away with two, two um, ordinary jug kettles. Um, I'd say after that, then you really look at ideally... If you had a, a hot water, um, a, a hot water supply on the farm, you know, just one of these under under sink heaters, or you know, some of the the people with bigger operators might have kind of one of some of these gas um, flow through heaters, where where as you once you initiate the water, it, the gas lights up and it heats the water as it's going through the through the boiler. Um, but yeah, look at that. That's a big saving, and that's probably something we should be looking at in most lambing sheds to have a supply of hot water. It's useful for washing utensils. It's very useful for washing hands, you know. Um, but look, at for someone who doesn't have it, a small numbers, one or two, a kettle or two, we'll get you out for a year or two until you get the system up and running. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, and look, I think you're right, it's an old sensible investment, long-term, where feasible. Right, we have the equipment there. We have the lambs arriving on the ground. I suppose one of the first questions we've got asked before is, particularly for prolific flocks that are voluntarily um, maybe removing that third lamb or the weaker lamb on it. The selection of that lamb, Michael, how do you pick the lamb in a triple case to go into the feeder? Look, a lot of times it'll be self-selection, but in the case where it's part of your system, what tips would you have for picking that lamb that goes for artificial rearing? Yeah, so look, at I think generally what we should be trying to achieve is to leave the yo out with two evenly sized lambs. You know, that, that's important for the two lambs to be able to compete with each other and and to grow on so that's that's the you know one thing like so very often you know if you have two very big lambs and one very small lamb it's obvious that you know you wouldn't be putting out a big lamb and a small lamb now if you have three even lambs let's say you have three very even sized lambs um then you know you you, you pick uh on sex maybe some people would say look at we pick the ram lambs because we find especially if they're finishing lambs intensively indoors, that the, the, the old lambs get fat very, very quickly at, at low weights. If you were fostering, if you were picking lambs and you were still hopeful that you were going to foster the lamb, then you'd be picking the bigger of the three lambs because you're hoping that to foster this lamb onto you that has a single and, you know, generally the single born lambs would be that little bit bigger. So you want a lamb that's, you know, relatively, you know, well on in terms of being able to compete with his, his new sibling that might be six or six and a half kilos, you know, we don't want to be putting a two and a half kilo 
um, small little triplet in there with that big single because he'll get bullied away from from the O's other as well. Like so, um, really, I suppose um, try to leave the O out with two evenly sized lambs. Um, if we have, uh, if we're trying to foster this lamb onto a single yo, if we have a good few single yo's to lamb yet, uh, then take the biggest lamb. If you're indoor feeding, intend in to finish these lambs indoor intensively on meals, which some people do, uh, then you'd be picking a ram lamb. And other than that, uh, Kieran, if you were uh, picking a lamb to go on the indoor feeding, but go back out to grass, I don't think it would matter what the, what the sex is because you'd be finishing the lamb with the rest of the lambs outside on grass, on a grass-based diet with maybe a little bit of meal at the back end just to, to get it finished like. So much is nearly the most important man, then adapt to the suit your own system. Look, right, we've the lamb off now, we're going to go on to the feeder. In terms of getting them trained in unfeeding, Michael, and it can take a little bit of time to get started. What are your best tips on that aspect of it? Yeah, absolutely. So, look, very important that the lambs come off the yo very quickly. Um, so, what we're saying is 24 hours on the yo. There's work done on this, Kieran, where they looked at kind of 36 hours versus 72 hours. And, you know, leaving the triplets on the O for a couple of days is just making life difficult for yourself. Um, because the more that lamb gets used to suckling the O, the harder it is going to get him, get that little lamb onto artificial milk and onto a feeder. So what I would say is 24 hours with the O, simple system here. It, whenever um, the lamb is at least 24 hours old, but at the same time every day. So if you decide, if, you know, every morning I go out and check my yo's, I feed and everything. And then I'd say when you're finished at half 10 or 11, we'll go and we'll pull off the, 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 the surplus lambs to put them into the pet lamb uh, pen. Um, if the lamb was born, uh, is at least 24 hours old, so it was born prior to the previous morning, then you whip it at that stage. Um, if it was born yesterday evening, say, you'd be leaving it until tomorrow morning. So the oldest the lamb will ever be is kind of somewhere around 36 to 40 hours, but they'll always be moving out after kind of one full 24 hour period with the mother. And what so, we're trying to do is make sure there that they get the bit of the colostrum, um, but we're, 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 we're putting them onto the feeder then before they kind of hit 48 hours of age. And very often, most of those lambs will train themselves. You'll have to hold them up to the nipple once or twice. Um, and you'll find invariably that the vast majority will, will need no more uh, encouragement the other lambs in the pen will, will, will be training them as well like you know and you, you've touched on it like it is vital they get colostrum even if they are being kept indoors on their artificial system but in the case michael just whether there's multiple numbers or not and your approach there for that certain time of the day is the time when you have an idea where you have a bit of free hours to spend working on them in the case where there's larger numbers it's worth identifying them lambs separately as well just to ensure that they are actually come back up to the feeder um in subsequent mornings yes yeah so different colors for different days um you know so uh when you when you initially start out and you've only got two or three pets in the pen it's very easy to see it when you have have you know 15 or 20 of them it might be easy to miss a lamb Initially, when the lamb comes in, it will have sucked from its mother, so it's not going to be hungry. It's going to be trying to get back to its mother for the first couple of hours. It's at that stage then, you know, maybe after four or five hours that you'd be checking, um, you know, usually that'll be in the evening time um, or after lunch, you'll be checking to see that they get, to get that lamb sucking. So what, generally what a lot of people are doing that have numbers on this is they'd be putting maybe a red X on, on the bum of the lamb, you know, on today and then tomorrow they'd be putting a blue X on the bum and the following day they'd be putting a green X on the bum, you know, and then a circle maybe. So you'd know, look at all the circle lambs are the ones we took up yesterday. 
um, you know, and you keep an eye on them. But to be honest with you, Kieran, you'll see them. There'll be lambs that'll be hungry looking, you know, um, when you're going down, they'll be lying down. They won't be coming towards you like the rest of them when you're coming into the pen to check them. Like, so, um, yeah, you know, you, you'd spot them quite easy. But with large numbers, it's important to, to mark them. And the mark is also useful, Kieran, in terms of knowing the age of the lamb. You know, if you're, you know, some people would be putting a different mark on maybe every third day. And then they know, okay, these were the first batch of lambs and the next batch are a different colour. Like, there's, you know. there's two points you throw up there and I just want to ask you about them, like the age of the lamb and the numbers in the pen. Grouping up lambs, Michael, on the basis of age and just overall pen size as well, that has another implication on overall husbandry, but vitally that intake level and performance level we're going to see in these lambs. What's your top tips on that? Yeah, so look at, I mean, generally we'd be saying about 10 lambs to a nipple, um, usually around two nipples per pen, um, maybe a third one. I, I, generally, we wouldn't be recommending going over 25 lambs um, per pen, but more importantly than this, Kieran, is that we kind of group them according to age as well, uh, a little bit, because um, what we want really for the first 10 days for these lambs is very warm milk, um, you know, at the, at the highest temperature setting on your thermostat usually that's somewhere around 24 to 28 degrees um the milk going into them and and that's to encourage intake at that stage you know when the lambs are born they'll probably be drinking maybe a liter um as they start coming towards the end of that 10 days they'll be up at a liter and a half heading for two liters um and then we turn the temperature down down to about kind of 18 to 20 degrees which is generally the bottom setting on the thermostat um and that cooling down of the milk, it, it, it limits their intake a little bit. You know, it, it prevents them from skyrocketing. Your lambs will be going up at that stage to about two, two and a half litres. Um, and you, you keep it at that lower temperature for the next 10 days. So at this stage, the lambs are three weeks old. Then when they got to the end of that second 10-day period, and then they sw they're switched on to cold milk. And that's very important because if we don't switch them to cold milk at that stage at three weeks of age, you'll see the amount of milk that those lambs drink will probably go from your target of 12 to 13 kilograms of milk up to 20, 22, 23, 24 kilograms of milk. Very high levels of milk intake and very high levels of performance, but at a huge cost. It could be talking about putting maybe 50, 60, 70 euros worth of milk replacer into these lambs if we don't limit it. And, and it's not going to pay us to do that. Um, you know, we want to try and limit our milk consumption to about somewhere around 35 euros of milk replacer. Um, and there'll be about another 20 kilograms of, or 20 euros of, of meal going into those lambs before they go out to grass, if they're going back out to grass. Um, if we're not going out to grass, we'd be putting about 40 euros worth of meal into them. So the important thing, I suppose, in terms of batching up, Kieran, to go back to, to the question you asked me is, if we don't um, pen them according to age in some sort of a reasonable kind of a you know, system, then we're going to end up having very young lambs and very old lambs together. We're not going to be able to turn down the temperature because the young lambs need warm milk, the, the older lambs need cold milk. And, and then basically what happens is the older lambs drink an awful lot of milk and the cost uh, it becomes um, very, very expensive. And the other thing I suppose that we're just saying is like every week that these lambs are on milk replacer, um, after say five weeks, it's costing you eight euros. So it's very important that we aim to, to wean these lambs at five weeks of age or at 35 days. And in order for us to be able to do that, we need to have them pinned in some sort of a fashion by age. Like, so we end up with kind of two or three different groups of, of lambs, like, you know. 
So a key aspect of that is having a number of divisions. And obviously, like the practical element of if Lamb goes on over four or five weeks, a lamb at the tail end of it being playing with lambs already four weeks of age is not viable. It's one, it's one of the pitfalls if you don't have it set up correctly. Well, like Michael, when they transition onto that cold milk, you frequently see some farmers using a northerly bucket connected up um, with just tubes and the nipple on it. It's another, it's another way of just yeah. spreading out. Yeah. So for most people with, with kind of modest number of lambs, kind of say, you know, from, from six or seven lambs up to maybe 60 or 70 of them, what we'd be talking about is maybe having two feeders, um, uh, one feeder at the, the highest temperature setting for the lambs up to 10 days of age, a second pen then with a feeder at the lowest temperature setting for the lambs between 10 days and, and three weeks of age, and then just a barrel, basically with a lid on it. And and cold milk inside there with with, with little tubes coming out, a, a non-return valve and the nipple on the gate. And those are three very simple systems. Setup cost for that is probably somewhere around five hundred euros, six hundred euros. If you're minded, you'll have it for 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 twenty years. Um, you'll have to put in some bits of consumables. You know, a thermostat to go or an element might go every now and then. But by and large, um, the 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 system is robust. Like the, the product is quite robust. Like it's a simple system. Look, you talked about the transition in the milk. I suppose the other element of the day that's the transition is the introduction of fibre and concentrate into the system. When would you start introducing concentrate concentrate with um, pet lambs? What kind of fibre would you provide? Yeah, look at you. You, I mean, it depends. I suppose on on. Um, uh, in terms of the fibre on what you have on the farm and whether you're bedding them on, on, on you know, generally straw or hay, um, if they're bedded on straw and, and provide them with a little bit of hay in a hay rack, um, or if you have silage, if you're still feeding uh, sheep and you have silage that you can give them a little bit of fresh silage every day um, for fibre, they won't really start eating an awful lot of that. Um, I, my preference would be for hay or straw, good quality straw or hay. And just to get them going, they'll be nibbling at it really uh, it's once they're coming close to weaning, once they're coming close to that five weeks of age, you, you'll notice that they'll start really, they start consuming bits of, of, of roughage. And the meal really from about 10 days of age, they probably won't do an awful lot with it until they're 10 days of age. And really we don't see them starting to eat any significant amounts of meal until they're coming relatively close to weaning. So kind of from about three and a half or four weeks of age, you'll start seeing it going down a little bit. And at, at five weeks of age, they should be on about 250 grams uh, a day each uh, on average. And that's in all currency, that's about a, a half a pound, a little bit with half a pound of meal a day. Um, and once they're eating that on three consecutive days, you can pull them off the milk and then you will see them really take into the meal. It's a wee bit like uh, coming on to the milk, Michael, when they start training on to concentrate, the intake does improve quite rapidly. And so one semi-trains another one onto it. Um, it. It tends to go up quite a lot once you remove the milk from them. Yeah, so once the lambs are weaned, the concentrate intake shoots up, absolutely shoots up, and very, you'll see very, very quickly those lambs will start going up to kind of half a kilo and maybe even 700 or 800 grams a day. Um, and at that stage, what becomes very, very important, Kieran, is water, because the, the lambs will consume about four and a half litres to five litres for every kilogram of meal they're, they're, they're eating. So if you have, you know, uh, 20 lambs inside there in a pen and they're eating... Um, you know, 15 kilograms of, of meal per day, um, they'd be looking for somewhere in the region of 70 litres of water, um, just, you know, purely to, to, to help them to be able to digest and function on, on that amount of meal. So water becomes very, very important. And I suppose, Kieran, when we see water and milk, a lot of milk going into lambs, we have lots of urine and we have wet bedding. 
you know, and, and I suppose that comes into it as well is, is you know, how big is our pen? Uh, the smaller your pen, the more often you'll have to bed it, the dirtier it becomes. Um, some people put these lambs up on slats, um, you know, and it, it, it basically eliminates the need for, for, for a lot of bedding. But for people who don't have slats, uh, lots and lots of straw to keep them clean and keep things hygiene and clean it out maybe every 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 10 days or so oh. because it will it will build up very very quickly like there is an argument michael when they start progressing on particularly at that stage with the they're coming off milk or certainly coming off warm milk going on the cold milk maybe transition them into larger pens you know the lamb and sheds may even be starting to get empty at that stage just for a pure purpose of bedding and keeping clean yeah absolutely look at they, they need about 0.6 of a square meter um, when they get a little bit bigger, you know, so once they start hitting kind of the 15, um, 20 kilograms, which a lot of them will be when they're coming off the milk. Um, so, you know, the, your little, very often these start in kind of lambing pens. Um, your pet lamb pens end up being a couple of lambing pens. Some people have a designated pet lamb area, fine. But uh, you, you need to start moving them into bigger areas. It just keeps it cleaner. It's better from a health point of view. Um, as well, you know, and it's easier to, to manage things inside in a bigger pen. Just maybe, Michael, finally, like we're talking about hygiene and health there, just to bring it right back to the context of these lambs starting off, keeping health issues at bay, particularly lambs maybe are not thriving in that pen when they go into initially or showing some signs of ill scour or otherwise. There's a good argument, particularly in that group area, for identifying them maybe early and removing them from that um, group environment. Yeah, look, I think if you have um, very often what we see is, you know, lambs that are taken in from the field or lambs that get bits of joint ill or poor thriving lambs or, you know, just lambs that are just have a problem, some sort of an underlying health issue end up maybe in the pet lamb pen. And, and look, they're not going to be able to compete with the, with the bigger lambs. Um, you know, very often they end up going, going backwards. So I think there is, is a benefit in having a kind of a hospital pen, for the want of a better word, um, you know, maybe with a separate nipple for these lambs to be able to to drink from the same field beside the, the, the pen with the pet lambs so that you can just bring a tube across to it uh, and give them access to it and, and monitor them and treat them for whatever conditions they have, whether if they need an antibiotic for a health issue uh, such as joint ill, you know, or if they have some sort of a scour or something like that, um, you know, that we can treat them and keep them separate and, and keep better observation on them, like, you know. Uh, Michael, thanks for that. Plenty of good tips and good advice in it. Okay, thanks, Kieran. Okay, we'll have to wrap things up at this point. As Michael outlined at the very start, it's important we have a system in place to deal with these lambs because the vast majority of flocks out there will always have a number of surplus or orphan lambs every year that will have to be managed. There are a number of options out there. Find the one that works best for your system. Maybe consider upgrading it to some of those that we outlined at the very start. And again, as he indicated, these are high-cost systems if they're not managed correctly. Getting started off right, batching according to age, watching our weaning process is vital to make them work. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any other updates on the sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chaka Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and listen back to any of our episodes.